Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we the Celtics? Who are we the Celtics? All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPolcito, and the Celtics fall to the Raptors 125-119 in overtime. Uh, Despite the score, this is a really good game for the Celtics, and I'll explain why. Uh, Like I mentioned in the last podcast, during preseason, you're not really looking at the final score. You don't really care who wins or loses. Uh, You care about how the team is playing. Uh, so with that being said, we're going to dive into today's podcast, same as usual, run through player of the game, run through some of the highs, wrap up with some of the lows. Again, keep that section short, uh, just because it's preseason and we'll move on because at the end of the day, preseason does not count. You don't get rings for it. Uh, but to get things started here with player of the game, you kind of have to give it to Sam Hauser and, I know this is like this just sounds crazy, right? But Sam Hauser tonight was sensational. The kid ended 22 points, four rebounds, two assists, eight of 12 from the field, five of eight from three after shooting four of five last game. So Sam Hauser has been nothing short of a revelation for this Celtics team. You talk about a guy that barely saw the court last year, right? Like he was a two-way guy, saw the court, I don't know, maybe 10 games. I'm completely making these numbers up. I have no idea. I'm not looking. Uh, But this, like he did not get any time. And now he's coming out and he's not just playing summer league, right? Like this is preseason basketball against actual NBA players. He was out there against, you know, starters for the Raptors. And he is holding his own. Is he the best defensive player in the league? Is he the best defensive player on our team? Absolutely not. But does he make up for that in a million other ways? Yes. My goodness, yes. This, really, you look back to last year, one of the things that I would say the Celtics sort of struggled with was depth and shooting outside of Grant Williams. You look at the bench last year, had obviously no Brogdon. Grant was our corner specialist. Peyton Pritchard went in the game, didn't play a ton of minutes, but he went out there and could shoot. The issue that we ran into with Pritchard was that he's short, right? Defensively, he'd get kind of bullied. And, you know, I will give Peyton Pritchard credit because I think he deserves it. He is a solid defender for someone his height, but he is still at his height which is an issue. Uh, Sam Hauser doesn't have that problem. Sam Hauser's a big body, right? So he gets in front of a guy. Guys aren't shooting over him. So it's just a little bit harder to get a shot off in front of him. Sam Hauser, though, has just been automatic from three during this preseason. So this is a, this is a situation where he is absolutely earning minutes at this point. And I want to talk about Peyton Pritchard here too, because I think Pritchard had a really solid game. Overall, he ended the night 17 points, four rebounds, five assists, uh, seven of 14 from the field, three of eight from three. Peyton Pritchard played a really solid game too. You look at the fourth quarter and overtime, the majority of the ball handling responsibilities 
were given to Peyton Pritchard because he's the only one that was on the court uh, that could really create his own shot. You look at one of the lineups uh, in that fourth quarter and in overtime for that matter, it was uh, Pritchard, Derek White, Brogdon, Hauser, Grant. They went super small. And eventually, midway through the fourth quarter, they dropped White and Brogdon. Every main rotation guy, you look at like one through seven, one through eight, if they're in that regular rotation, they did not play the majority of the fourth quarter and they did not play at all in overtime. So you're running out a lineup in overtime with Pritchard, Hauser, Broderick Thomas, Capping Gelly, and Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson, Broderick Thomas, neither of them even have NBA contracts at this point. And after today's performance, don't think they're going to get there. Capping Gelly, obviously not a ball handler. Sam Hauser, very much a catch and shoot guy. So you look at <laughs> those five. Peyton Pritchard is the only one that is really confident enough and skilled enough to go out and create his own shot. The only one that can go out there and be the primary ball handler. Uh, So he had a lot of responsibility in today's game. Uh, And I thought he stepped up. I thought he played really well. But what I'm interested to see at this point is the battle between Hauser and Pritchard. Now, I already kind of talked about the differences between the two. Obviously, big difference in height between them, uh, but they're kind of vying for similar, a similar role, right? Both of those guys, it the once the season starts, Peyton Pritchard's not going to be the primary ball handler, right? You've got Brogdon, you brought in Brogdon for that. You've got Derek White and you've got Marcus Smart. Those are going to be your ball handlers. And then obviously you've got Tatum and Brown that are going to do a, a big chunk of that as well. So Pritchard's not going to be called on to be doing that, to be playing that role, right? So he's going to be called in to be that spot-up shooter off the bench. And right now, Sam Hauser is really playing his ass off and earning some of those minutes. So it's going to be a battle between the two of them. I don't think either of them are going to get to a point where they're playing 15, maybe 20 minutes, but... If they could each get to like 10, that's a solid 10, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, That would be really solid. And I'm not, I'm obviously not expecting Sam Hauser to continue shooting at 75% from three. It's completely unrealistic. But if he can go in, shoot 40%, get 10 points, like that's a really solid, really solid role player, right? Really solid. And again, same thing kind of with Pritchard. I'm not expecting both of those guys to go in and be 10-point-per-game scorers. But on any given night, especially if they're shooting the, the, the way that they shot tonight, 10 points is not off the table. And this is what the Celtics team needs. Like We have a, a much better bench this year than we did last year with the addition of Brogdon. Uh, and honestly, with the progression of everybody else. Derek White looks a hell of a lot better. We can talk about him for a little bit here. Uh, Derek White, I thought, off the ball, played significantly better. His shot looks a lot more fluid. Two of three from three today. Ended the game, 10 points, three rebounds. Did get the starting nod again. 
Uh, but overall, I think Derek White really played well. Uh, defensively, you know what you're going to get. Took a really nice charge. Uh, and offensively, was continuing to be that like 0.5 second guy. Caught the ball, moved it. Caught the ball, shot quick. Caught the ball, put the ball on the floor. Like he is continuing to make quick decisions uh, and not stagnating the offense, which is exactly what you need, especially when you're in a lineup with both of the Jays. So you see all these guys stepping up in major roles. It's a beautiful thing to see. And the other, obviously, huge guy, the, probably the biggest offseason acquisition is Malcolm Brogdon, right? Second game in a row for the Celtics that he led the team in assists. Did not have a very good game shooting-wise. Only four points, one of six from the field, 0 of three from three. But he had another nine assists. This guy is just as unselfish as it gets. He had an easy layup in transition. He was in a tough shooting night, easy layup in transition opportunity. Instead of going up, he sees the defender kind of swaying over towards him, goes up in the air, drops it off for Tatum for an easy dunk. And this is the unselfishness that is going to take the Celtics to a different level this year. I 100% believe that. Because you look at last season, how this team gelled together. They were playing at an unreal level at one point. And I'm not going to blame losing the NBA Finals on fatigue, but it played a part. It certainly played a part. Uh, With the addition of Brogdon, this gives the Celtics another guy that you can kind of give the ball to, and he's going to make things happen. Whether that's directing Sam Hauser to the corner and finding him for an open three or creating offense on his own. He has the ability to do both. And that's what you love, love to see. Now, I do want to talk about both of the Jays here for a little bit. Jalen Brown, I thought, was a first quarter god once again. Uh, Ended the game as the Celtics' leading scorer, I believe. Let me pull up the stats real quick here. Uh, But Jalen Brown had an unbelievable game. You look at him, 23 points. Yeah, so led the the team. Only one above Sam Hauser. 23 points, four rebounds, one assist. Should have had four assists because he was moving the ball at a fantastic pace early in the game. And there were a lot of wide-open, just missed shots. Jason Tatum was on the other end of two of them. Uh, But Jalen Brown today, unbelievable game. Electric from the mid-range, got into the lane a bunch, and was just continuing to show the NBA that he is a top-15 player in the league. And I think, honestly, that he is the best first-quarter player in the NBA. And I know that's a, a hot take. Some Celt- most Celtics fans, I don't think are gonna back are gonna argue with me on that. The guy is unstoppable in the first quarter. Had 12 points after the first today. Um, Jason Tatum is the other guy that I want to touch on quick because Jason Tatum, shooting wise, struggled. End of the night, 0 of seven from three, six of sixteen from the field, ugly. Ugly shooting-wise. However, 
what he was able to do was be ultra aggressive getting to the rim. And this is really the shift, right? At the beginning of the game, he went back, was trying all his step back threes, all those things that makes Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, uh, but it wasn't working, right? So Jason Tatum decided to switch things up and started driving to the basket. And what do you know? It worked. Jason Tatum is a completely different basketball player when he decides to not shoot step back threes and he decides to drive hard to the basket. He is a significantly better basketball player. And that's what puts him in that top five, top seven uh, range in the NBA. You know, obviously the polls came out. He was ranked the seventh best player in the NBA. He can stay there when he plays like this. Obviously, we'd like to see him shoot better than O of seven from three. Uh, Again, I'm not worried about it. I said it at the end of last podcast too. I'm not worried about Jason Tatum shooting. Water finds its level, right? Jason Tatum is going to figure it out. And he is going to shoot better than 0% from three. You can put as much money on that as you want. Uh, But you see both of these guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, playing off of each other. And that's what you love to see. At the beginning of the podcast, I talked about preseason. You're not looking at the final score. You're looking at how the game is played, how the team plays within each other. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have such a connection throughout the first two games this season. Again, preseason, during this preseason. Uh, but it's, just a, it's a beautiful sight to see. You see Jason driving to the hoop, finding Jalen Brown in the corner for a three. You find Jalen driving, finding Jason Tatum. You see Jalen Brown going around to pick and roll and then finding Jason Tatum for a back door. Like these are the types of plays we did see last year, not a lot of. And we're seeing it a lot so far in these first two games, which is a beautiful, beautiful sight to see. You know, I, I know that the Celtics lost. This is a really solid game. When the Celtics took out, when Joe Mazzola took out the starters with like, I think it was four minutes left in the third quarter, the Celtics were up 19. 19 points they were up when they pulled all of their starters and went towards the bench. So again, some of these guys, I already talked about it a little bit. Broderick Thomas, Justin Jackson, they don't even have NBA contracts. So you're not just playing deep, deep bench guys at this point that lost that 19-point lead. You're playing guys that aren't even going to be in the NBA, right? So take it with a grain of salt, right? One thing that the Celtics did significantly better this game compared to our game against the Hornets, where we won by 41, was controlled the turnovers, We talked about it last game, 23 turnovers, I believe, for the Celtics last game against the Hornets. Tonight, we only had 10. Did a much better job controlling the ball, uh, which is great to see. Again, these are the things that you're looking at. You see improvements. That's what you love to see. Uh, Now, it's not all perfect. We obviously blew a 19-point lead. 
Uh, so I do want to talk on some of the negatives. I'll keep that section short. Uh, before we dive into that, though, want to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. PD Properties utilize the most current marketing techniques and strive to put more money in your pocket. If you're looking to buy, call now and George will be with you every step of the way until you find a property you're able to call home. Serving the North Shore and beyond, call George Dimas with PD Properties today at 781-913-2290. That's 781-913-2290. All right, so let's dive into some of the negatives. Like I said before, I'm going to keep this section short because despite the loss, I think the Celtics played a really strong game of basketball today. Now, outside of uh, really Derek White, Jalen Brown, and Sam Hauser, uh, the rest of the team did not shoot very well from three. You talk about last game where I believe we shot like 46%, which which was absolutely ridiculous. Tonight we shot 30%. Uh, with that being said, it was still a really solid game from a ball movement standpoint. Uh, last game we had 41 assists on 48 makes, which is absolutely unheard of. Tonight... We had 31 assists on 44 makes. So this is still a really, really good clip. Last year, they showed this during the game. Uh, the Celtics averaged, I think it was 23.8 assists before the All-Star break. And after the All-Star break, we averaged 28.4. Obviously a huge jump in assists per game. So last game against the Hornets, we had 41. Tonight against the Raptors, we had 31. Those are two significantly better games than our averages. And yes, today went into overtime, so we still had a couple uh, assists added into the game. Uh, But this is a, a situation where all of these guys are moving the ball. You see Malcolm Brogdon, we talked about this earlier, like his unselfishness spreads. We saw a couple... Unbelievable assist by him. A couple great assists by Marcus Smart today. I think though that dynamic between the two of them, and I know we didn't talk about Marcus Smart today much, uh, if at all, uh, but he deserves a lot of credit because Malcolm Brogdon is a guy that a lot of people wanted to, wanted him to start and throw Marcus Smart to the bench. And a lot of it can be like I wouldn't be surprised if Marcus Smart felt a little slighted when they decided to bring him in, but he's welcomed it. 
he loves, it seems like at least, they love playing together because when they're both on the court together, they play off each other really well, offensively and defensively. Uh, so it's really just good to see. So I want to talk, like, obviously I just started spewing positive stuff out there uh, and not really negative. But again, there's not a ton of negatives here. Like we talked about it briefly uh, right before the break that, you know, the Celtics deep bench blew a 19 point lead. Obviously you don't want to see that, right? But like I mentioned, some of these guys aren't even NBA players at this point. Like, we were throwing out Vonley. We were throwing out, uh, you know, Broderick Thomas, Justin Jackson. These guys don't have contracts at this point. Gelly played solid when he was out there. Is he a guy that's going to go out and play a ton of minutes for the Celtics? No. Right? Like, when Rob is healthy, Rob will be the starting center. Al Horford will be another big. They're going to go small ball with Grant at times. We just signed Blake Griffin, right? Cornette is above him in the hierarchy, it seems, too, based off every report that has come out so far. So I am not going to be surprised if Capengeli is like break in case of emergency during the season. Like he's on a two-way contract. You can't really expect much for him, from him, right? So... This is a guy, even he, even he isn't really on like an NBA standard contract. Sure, he's going to get some time in the NBA, but he's going to spend the majority of it with the main Celtics. And that's like, that's just the way it is. So we were running a lineup realistically with two guys, Sam Hauser and Peyton Pritchard, two of the five guys that were on the floor for the Celtics in the fourth quarter and overtime were NBA players and Sam Hauser just just became an NBA player. Last year he didn't do anything. Right? Like these are this is it's just a different game. Right? Like people are people can get mad that the Celtics lost. People can blame Joe Mazzula for a loss, but at the end of the day it's preseason, guys. It's preseason. Winning by winning by 41 or losing by 6, it really doesn't make any difference. Do you love seeing the 41 point wins? Of course. More exciting. You get to see a lot of great things from a lot of guys. Uh, But it's unrealistic. It's not going to happen every time. I will say this. The Celtics, the actual Celtics, meaning your starting five and your actual rotation players, look really, really good. And that's something you just got to be happy with. But I know I didn't actually really, I didn't really talk about any negatives there. But that's where I'm going to wrap up. Honestly, I think that's the. I think that's where you have to just wrap up the show at this point. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy, tweeting during all these games. Uh, make sure to follow our Facebook page if you haven't already, Boston Celtics Till I Die, uh, and make sure to rate and review the podcast. Five star written review, everything helps. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We will talk soon. Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it, green and white, white and green, who are we the Celtics, who are we the Celtics, who are we the Celtics?